Hello, club members. I'm Kate. And I'm Ariana. And welcome back to another mini-sode of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. This is the space where we talk about spoopy things, true crime, urban legends, folklore, kind of whatever we feel like that can be considered tangential to horror. So I'm in charge today. I got to pick what we're talking about, and Ariana doesn't know. Is it a creepypasta? It's not, but I wish it was, if that makes (laughs) sense. So this is... And I don't, I don't think that you know about this case, but this is the story of John Jones, and it's called the Nutty Putty Cave Incident. Are you familiar with this? Hold up. Are you willingly talking about true crime? So it's not actually crime, but it is horrifying, and I've had many nightmares oh, about it. Oh, shoot. I'm excited. Okay. Yes. We, I had a club member um, write in and be like, because I was asking, hey, we need some mini up recommendations. And someone wrote in and she said, hey, does the Nutty Putty cave incident count? And I, I remembered it from what she said it because I spent like a whole night watching videos and reading things about this like oh, years dang. ago. There's videos? This, y- yes. This happened in 2009. Um, and I am very claustrophobic. Ooh. So this was a very scary story for me and it's it is true it did really happen um so if you guys are claustrophobic this is just a quick trigger warning, warning. <laughs> this might this might be an upsetting one but it's a really really interesting story and um the reason that I'm terrified of caves so can I guess what happens no <laughs> <laughs> can you say what it's called again no cuz you're going to look it up nutty putty don't look it up does he turn into Putty, does he liquefy in a cave? No, that would be <laughs> a very light story. Oh, okay. It's compared worse to that. what happens. It's yeah. So up. this is called the Nutty Putty Cave Incident. And there's a lot of um, information out there because this happened in November tw- 2009. Okay. So John Jones, um, he is the lead of our story. He was a 26 year old medical student back in 2009. He had come home for the Thanksgiving holidays and he was staying with his uh, pregnant wife and their young child. And they decided to go out on a family cave trip. And it was going to be at a local cave um, called the Nutty Putty Cave System. So this is a cave system in Salt Lake City, which is where it's like their hometown. And it used to be known as like a very popular beginner's cave. Are they Mormon? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I mean, he's 26. He has two kids. Sounds like he's Mormon. All right. I think he's probably Mormon, but... (laughs) okay. Anyway, it's a popular beginner's cave. They have like 5,000 to 25,000 visitors a year. So it's it's been traveled a lot. But it is kind of known for having narrow sort of slippery passageways. And okay. uh, during a period between 1999 and 2004, the Nutty Putty Cave System had had quite a few incidents that required rescue missions. Uh, and some of them got some news attention and it raised local and public safety concerns around the cave. So one person got stuck in the cave for seven hours, like stuck in a channel. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, there was a local teenager who was caving and he was stuck upside down overnight in this cave system. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's trapped. terrible. It's horrifying. Um, so in 2006, there was like this big public outcry to shut the cave down. Police and authorities were really battling to shut the cave down. So they sealed it shut Um, the cave entrance they sealed it shut with a gate and a lock in 2006 and that really angered a lot of spelunkers who 
kind of were saying the the incidents that happened were from people who weren't experienced and who didn't have an appropriate guide. Like, that's not really fair. The authorities are saying someone's going to die. <laughs> like, this isn't safe. Yeah. But the Spelunkers are basically saying cavers rely on their understanding their own level of expertise and understanding responsible, responsible caving. And some spelunkers wouldn't have made the decisions that these people who had gotten stuck sure. made. Yeah. Um, so that 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 was their argument. So and then casual spelunkers were upset too, like locals. They were like, hey, I've been we've been going to these caves for generations. Like I took my sons there, my dad took me there, like we've never had an issue, no one's died. Like this is ridiculous. Open the cave back. Yeah. So in two thousand nine, due to public outcry and public demand, the Nutty Putty cave system opened back up. But it was under new management. There was an entirely new management team, and they had some more requirements. So they required that you have a permit. You could not cave alone. It had to be in groups of two or more. And you must have at least one experienced caver guiding you. How now, do they enforce that? Exactly. So, like, it's how do you how do you determine who's experienced and who's not just based on their word? Like, yeah. do they have to pass a test? A test? How is that possible to yeah. do that? So you know they're they're put, they're trying to put in more strict measures to keep people safe but it's yeah. obviously not foolproof so going back to john so fast forward slash rewind <laughs> to november of 20, 2009 so this is just months after we've reopened the cave and john jones and his family it's a group of 10 of them family and some friends are spelunking in this cave and John and his brother Josh they had they were the quote-unquote experienced guides for the team as kids like they were like part of the generations that would like come through this cave they're locals and so they're they, they never came through the nutty putty cave but they and their family would go through a lot of different cave systems all over Utah uh that's mostly when they were kids though and um they had like their family with them but I, I think it's safe to say that they hadn't had a lot of documented experience since mm -hmm. so they're in the cave and all 10 of them are in the area that's known as the big slide which is like the largest room in this cave system and josh the brother and his friends are, are they're all kind of challenging each other to go into the next part of the cave which required going through an extremely narrow upside down channel uh, called that. called the mm -hmm, and it's called the birth canal <laughs> is that That's not terrifying terrible, oh, terrible. and keep in like mind that. you're caving it's pitch black you have like a headlamp yeah there's no light there's this no is giving light. me as above so below vibes yeah exactly so all the boys are trying to figure out who first of all who can fit in the birth channel because it's not a channel that anyone can just fit into um and it's, it's very tight and it opens up and they know that it opens up into a small room so the idea is you who's going to go through the tiny skinny narrow birth canal uh, to get to the opening, to get to the room. So John decides he'll go. Um, he's fit and he's lean and he's he feels confident that he can manage getting through this birth canal. Other people have done it. So he's crawling on his stomach in basically an upside down chute that's no wider than his shoulders, army crawling on his stomach, what to get to this chamber. But what he doesn't realize is that the end of the birth canal forks. And oh, if shit. you stay right, which is the intended route to stay right, it opens up into that small chamber. But he doesn't see that and he goes left Ugh. and ends up going down an unmapped passageway. And it's a route known as the corkscrew. 
uh hate that <laughs> yeah the corkscrew is even worse the corkscrew if you thought the birth canal was tight the corkscrew is basically for like tiny child acrobats like very very few people can even fit through this tiny unmarked intentionally unmarked channel so he realizes that he can't go backwards because he's it's getting more narrow oh my and more God. narrow and he can't go backwards so he sees what he thinks is a small room. Oh, God. And he's he's like, okay, I have no choice. I have to move forward so that I can turn back around because right. he physically can't back up. Um, so he moves in that direction and he goes down because what he does uh. not realize is that he's crawling head first down a 10 by 18 inch fissure that oh drops God. straight down. Oh, my God. Drops straight down to a dead end. And it and it's, it's basically, it's a fissure that drops into a s- small chamber that's about the size of a, like the space of a small washing machine. Oh my God. So, so like not really a space at all. Not really. It's just basically like the channel opens up a little bit so that there is a space. Okay. But he's still arms beside him, face down, straight down. How is there enough oxygen in this place? Like... Yeah, so good questions. <laughs> so to get through the fissure, like the really, like the 10 by 18 inch like fissure, he had to suck in his lungs to fit, suck in so that he could get into the what he thought was a chamber that he could turn around in, but what turned out to then be that small washing machine size area. So then his lungs expand and he can't fit. Oh, and God. He can't back up. So he calls out for help. He starts screaming for help. And Josh, his brother, is trying to save him at first he thinks oh like this is gonna be something we'll laugh about later but then he kind of realizes oh shit like he's stuck and we don't quite understand how or where he's stuck but he's not where the birth canal was supposed to go right and so they they're trying to get john out um and he actually worsens his position he slips further down head first so now he's at the bottom of the passage with his arms pinned by his side like straight up up and down oh god john is stuck Josh says friends the rest of the friends stay with Josh I mean stay with John so I can go call for rescue yeah perfect. it takes takes a long time for rescue to come you know what I mean like yeah. the kind of teams that are coming to help for these are not just like local police like they they can't right. do anything right so three hours later three hours of him being upside down <sighs> in a in a dark cave um a, a volunteer arrives it's a volunteer rescuer who the police had paged um, a woman named Susie, and she is able to get to John's position at his feet and try to keep him calm. She starts, like, cutting his jeans and doing whatever she thinks she can do to free him and then realizes that she can't. Oh, God. Fortunately, we get more bi- a, a bigger rescue team that shows up later. So it's now a team of 30 people outside oh, this geez. cave. Okay. Yeah. 30 people and John's family is there now. So his oh, wife God. is there. Yeah. Um, and they're really brainstorming on how to get him out because Susie's, like – a very very seasoned spelunker and she's down there and she's like I do not understand how we can pull him out at all based on the way his knees are bent based on everything so the rescue team is really brainstorming and they're talking do we break his legs to get him out do we lubricate the walls of the cave somehow maybe with oil and they end up devising this system this pulley system to essentially reel him out feet first yeah that sounds good yeah I mean better than breaking the legs but honestly like it all sounds bad and it's all kind of just their engineers thinking on their feet yeah which 
as I was reading about this, it made me realize I want to have an engineer on my apocalypse team because I would be <laughs> absolutely useless in any of these situations. So yeah, um, engineers, if you're if you want to join my apocalypse team, we got two vets right here. Send us your resume. I was kidding. Yeah, please send your resume and references. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I will, and it will be like a Q&A based kind of interview process where I'm like, okay, I'm trapped in this situation. Here's the scenario. <laughs> anyway, so back to John. So they decide on this pulley system that they're going to make with just like rope and wood. And they're going to try to drill away some of the rock around him. And it's not working. So at this point, now we have even more help. We have hundreds of rescuers How outside long has of it this been cave. For this guy? Right, at this point, it's been about 10 or 8 hours. Oh, geez. I would have peed my pants three times by now. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And and, and, um, John is going back and forth between being really calm about it and then having like and panicking and then getting really calm. I'm sure. So it and it's an extremely slow process because of how deep the cave is, like how far in he is. It takes an hour just to pass a single tool in and out of the cave. It takes an hour. Oh, God. And only one person can fit at a time. Yeah. So they're very limited. And the rock drilling isn't working because it's making cave-ins happen. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like not a good idea. They don't have, there are no good ideas. They're just desperate to do anything. And they have all these people and they can't find a solution. And at this point, there's a trauma surgeon who shows up on the rescue scene. And he's concerned because he's trying to explain to the rescue team that this man is upside down. And that has major effects on the body. And basically explain like, like how the heart works the heart uses gravity to flow and to to work the way that our circulatory system works right um we're built to be right side up so when if he's upside down he's going to have blood that's going to start pooling in his lungs he's going to start to slowly asphyxiate on blood pooling in his lungs he's going to have increased intracranial pressure um and eventually because of this he's going to have cardiac arrest and organ failure um, and he, the trauma surgeon says that he has about 10 hours at this point before his organs are going to fail and he will die. Right. So in that, and also Susie, who was the first responder, caught on to this too, because even at the t- point that she was there, she could hear a rattling noise in his breathing. So he's oh already God. got fluid. Yeah. So he already has fluid in his lung. I'm not sure you can hear fluid in the lower airway just by listening, but sure. Okay. We'll go with Yes. It's a lot of fluid that's pooled into his lungs. Oh, God. So it's like, a, it's like a rattling noise as he's trying to breathe, like he's gasping, like he's starting to asphyxiate. Okay. I mean, there's also a finite amount of oxygen in there, too. Like, Correct. that's crazy to me. Correct. Like, for me, that would have been the, I feel like that would be the number one issue. That's not the most time-limiting issue. The most time-limiting issue is the fact that he is upside down. Wow. So they're, they're able to devise the rope and pulley system, get it around his legs. They're able to pull him out a little bit, enough that they someone is able to go in and place an IV and start administering fluids. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, mm-hmm. can we just, like, get a nurse in there, hit, like, a, what, the saphenous vein or whatever that's on the ankle, and you can give him, like, Valium, and then he'll, like, relax, and then you just, like, pull him out. And if he breaks shit, he breaks shit, but then he's out. Right. Well, they, they're able to get an IV, but then he drops back down. Like, every time they're able to pull him up... He needs to be Something sedated. Fails. They just need to sedate him and just pull him out. I agree. I think I would, but then like, it's like, I don't know. Can he consent to things if he's, I don't know how it works, but I don't, I don't think that there's a correct answer, but yeah, I would personally want someone. I would to be like, give me, me fucking Valium. Just put it in a muscle. I don't care where it fucking is. Fucking IV Valium right now and pull me out. 
I'll wake Absolutely. up in three days. It'll be great. Maybe they're worried about respiratory compromise because he already has fluid in his lungs. That's fine. I mean, they can they could be ready to intubate him the second they get him out. <laughs> no, there's only one person that can fit in here. At get one some time. EMTs down there. You're ridiculous. <laughs> no, you're being <laughs> get a Gina Rodriguez rope. down there. They, yeah, they have rope and wood. That's what they can fit down there. You're like, where's the crash cart? I'm like, Ariana, <laughs> they're in a cave. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, they're able to pull him out a bit, um, but his legs, because there's a hook in the channel, they cannot bend his legs in a way to get him out, period. And he sucked his chest in to get to the final chamber, so they're having trouble even fitting him through that backwards, through the chamber. Yeah. And then the pulley fails, and he gets dropped back into his original spot. Is that not the worst thing you've ever heard? Yeah, it's pretty shitty. I mean, I... Definitely used to have nightmares about that when I was little. Like getting stuck in a tube upside down and it was slowly filling with water. Did you? I feel like I had that fear too, but it was yeah. like a well. Oh, a well. It wasn't yeah. upside down. Oh, yeah. Upside down is a whole new kind of horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fucking freaky. Yeah, so he, John at this point is panicking because it, this mission is not going well. Yeah. And so they're able to bring in a two-way cable radio so that he can talk he can talk to his wife they can hold it up to his wife and so that she can try to keep him calm yeah. while they continue to pull him so they're continuing to pull him again it's extremely painful and they, by the third pull though they're able to see his face they, oh, can, wow. he can, they can actually see his face yeah so they've pulled him back pretty far and he's actually have a has, is able to have like a brief face-to-face conversation with the with the lead rescuer Oh, cool. And the rescuer is like, how are you doing? He's like, this sucks. I'm upside down. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't want to be here. I'm not having a good time, <laughs> essentially. Um, and so then they do the, a fourth pull, trying to get him out. And then the system failed again, the, meaning the rope and pulley system fell. The rescuer team fell backwards. There was a bolt that shot out of the cave whenever the rescue, the pulley system failed. And that hit the lead rescuer in the head knocked him unconscious Ooh. so and it again this poor poor john gets dropped back all the way down to the bottom oh my and god at this point all the rescuers are kind of panicking they don't have the lead rescuer anymore um and they're able to hear him and he's breathing but he's unresponsive okay and so a new a new rescuer gets in, tries to slip a rope around his waist, but then he gets stuck himself and he has to get pulled out. And then one rescuer just starts desperately drilling the walls around him. Ah, yeah. But it was it did nothing. And so um, not long after that, John went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. And so um, they, they were able to send a paramedic down because the wife was like, no, he's not dead. And they sent a paramedic down who was able to take a pulse from his leg yeah. and confirmed that 28 hours after he had first become stuck, he had died of cardiac arrest. Wow. Interesting. Very cool. I wonder what killed him though. I wonder what was the first thing that killed him. Probably intracranial pressure. Maybe. I, yeah. I think also just like it, it, like it becomes increasingly difficult for the heart to pump that amount of blood that's pooling in the heart and the lungs and to propel it fo- forward. So you essentially go into heart failure. Like your heart cannot. Yeah. Pump. I think he's breathing though. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like his, I mean, his blood pressure is probably really high. So his heart rate is really low. And then it just stopped. I feel like they should have had someone like 
medical down there with him. I don't know. I think they did, but I think it's a matter of can you get someone medical? Like, who are you going to bring down there? Someone medical or someone who has spelunking background and is on the rescue team? I feel like there's probably a balance there. I don't know. I feel like there I mean, are probably there's no there's no space. Ariana, I'm, I want you to go look at look up the Nutty Putty Cave system. I want you to look because I have a feeling that you think that they're like standing. These are people like crawling on their arms and belly, uh, like back to back, like stacked behind each other. These are not gotcha. giant rooms. These Got are it. channels. Okay, so like there's channels. like one person who can like do a thing one. at a time, basically. Exactly. Ah, uh, yikes. Okay, so he died. So he died, yeah. Oh, that sucks. And the worst part of it is they were trying to figure out at this point how to, because the wife is still very upset and they understand, like they want to get the body um, and they can't. Like they, they're talking, of they couldn't do it without have, like literally cutting him into pieces. Oh, God. That would be the only way that they could bring his body out of that cave. So they determined that they were not going to do that and that it was too, the rescue mission was becoming increasingly dangerous for the rescuers. So they sealed the entrance to the Nutty Putty Caves. (gasps) Oh, God. uh, And John's body is still down there. Oh, God. Oh, God. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Cool story. Is that horrifying? Yeah. Yeah. That's really scary. I could see. I think the upside down aspect is the most freaky part, in my opinion. Of course it is. Yeah. Terrifying. God damn. Yikes. So, yeah. Maybe they should have, like, sealed off the fork. Like, that's the thing. It's like... I, it was an unmarked fork. I don't think that... It, it was not meant to be traveled down. Yeah. It was just, like, a natural channel that experienced and maybe overconfident spelunkers had yeah. kind of explored. Right, right. Yeah. was not intended to be gone down. It's it's like a very narrow fissure. Right. Ugh, so dumb. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. So now I have some jokes to lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> <clears throat> Ariana, what does a zombie vegetarian eat? Um, I want to, hold on, I want to get this. I'm usually good at guessing yeah. the answer. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know greens grains there it is grains <laughs> what's the best way to carve wood how whittle by whittle oh cute <laughs> why does snoop dog carry an umbrella why faux drizzle uh. <laughs> And this one's my favorite one. Um, I'm so excited about the next Autopsy Club gathering. It's open mic night. Ah! <laughs> I thought it. you'd like those dumb jokes. <laughs> I needed them. I was because I had already known about this story. I'm like, I am fucking depressed. I don't want to cover this. This is sad. And I know. I was like, going to say, I'm surprised you chose. Jokes. <laughs> I'm surprised you chose some uh, true story stuff. I was brave. I was brave. This is something that has like been a horror story that like has freaked me out for a long time. And then a club member recommended it. And I'm like, I guess it's time to face my fears. It's time. So yeah. yeah. Is it I, hope, I hope it was. It, um, it, it kind of was. It kind of was. I feel like I've gotten it off my chest. Yeah. And putting it on all of our chests. And it's on your chest now. And I feel fine. <laughs> so thank I you for that now. guy. Thank you. I feel <laughs> light as a feather. <laughs> Well, that's all of the horror I have for you guys today. We'll see you next time. But until then, stay safe and stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.